All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, uh, Adamia. If you have your Bible with you, turn to Matthew chapter 7, right at the end of Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to share with you what for many will be a very familiar passage. For some of you, it will be a new passage. But the principle that this passage proclaims is timeless. Found in Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 24. If you want to follow along on the U version app, you can do. Open that up, go to uh, Worship With Us tab at the bottom, type in church together. Not only will you find the scriptures, but you'll find the message notes and some additional quotes and insights as well. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 29. Here, Jesus is wrapping up, talking about the kingdom of God. This kingdom that transcends everything that happens on this planet. This kingdom that works within the lives of those who follow Jesus the King. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this series, An Unlimited Eternity. Because as those who follow Jesus, we are part of an unlimited eternity as we realize that we live in a very limited life. And so over the last few weeks, we've really been talking about how the kingdom is greater than. A few weeks ago, we talked that when you are part of the kingdom of Jesus and you're living in that perfect love, that perfect love casts out fear. We live in such a fear-driven world until we experience how much we are loved and that love pushes out fear. Last week, we realized that as citizens of this kingdom, thinking long-term, Living with the end in mind is much greater than living in the moment. And today I want to talk about another characteristic of what it means to live with eternity in mind. And bear in mind that as we talk about eternity, we're not just talking about length of time. We're talking about a place both there and here, where the love of God is manifest and where purpose is fulfilled and the values of heaven are lived. That doesn't need to be next. It can be now as well as Jesus lives in us. And so today we're going to be talking about another greater than. And it's one that many of us need to hear It's that our security in Christ is greater than the vulnerability that is in the world. Let me say that again. Our security in Christ is greater than the vulnerability we're feeling right now about our world. There are two words for vulnerability, and I just want to clarify two two meanings. One is a really healthy vulnerability. When we're secure enough to share our heart and share our lives with each other, that's healthy. 
But of course, we all know the unhealthy vulnerability. When we're in a risky place, a precarious place, a a scary place. You know, there are two words for vulnerability in American sign language. One is this. This, right? That, that's the positive kind of vulnerability. I'm, I'm sharing my heart with you. I'm giving something of me to you. The, the other word that is signed for vulnerability is two fingers on a, on a hand where the fingers are just falling down as if the knees are weak. And if a person is collapsing and imploding, and at risk, and in a precarious place. Today, I don't want to talk about that kind of vulnerability. I want to talk about how the kingdom of God overcomes that kind of vulnerability. Does that make sense? And so in Matthew chapter 7, there is this great instruction, not in how to do that, but in where we need to build our lives as we lean into the safety and the security and the hope and the peace that the kingdom of Jesus brings as we lean into it. Matthew chapter 7, starting verse 24. In fact, let me start a little bit before that because Jesus is talking about the kingdom And he's giving a a rather concerning picture of what the kingdom actually looks like. He says, many people will claim to be part of the kingdom. They'll use kingdom language and kingdom words. They'll perform some religious acts. They'll hide behind a, a God that they don't know. And those people may not be so good for them. He talks about how the kingdom is entered into a narrow gate, not a broad road. He talks about how there'll be many people who said, hey, Lord, Lord, I know you, it's me. And God says, hey, I don't know you. I don't recognize you. What have you been doing? Who are you? And the context of looking at this scripture today comes from that context where Jesus is limiting the parameters of the kingdom. And he's pointing out something that I think we need to hear. He's saying it's much easier to profess Christianity than it is to possess Christianity. Let me say that again. It's much easier to profess Christianity than it is to possess Christianity. Well, what he's saying is it's easy to to talk the talk, but it's a whole lot harder to walk the walk. And it's from that context that Jesus says these words. Therefore, he's saying because it's hard, because the stakes are so high, Because eternity hangs in the balance. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Two things before we dive into this scripture. 
First of all, Jesus says, everyone. The invitation of God is for everyone. The opportunity to receive the love that God has for you is for you. No, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're secretly hiding behind, the love of God is for you because it's for everyone. And it's for them and for those who are different from you. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, just to raise the bar a little bit higher, Jesus is saying, these are my words. This is my teaching. A little bit later on, Jesus was going to say, I don't say anything unless the Father tells me. These are God's words. This is a kingdom principle that comes straight from heaven, directly from the king of the kingdom. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock because it's easier to profess Christianity than it is to possess Christianity. Jesus tells us to build upon the rock. I've read this passage hundreds of times over my lifetime. I've read it many times this week. And I want to summarize it for you in a little sentence. And I want this little sentence to go deep into your heart so that as you think, as you process all that you read, all that you feel, all that's happening over the next month, that you will do through so through this filter. This is the statement I want to give you condensing this passage. We need to construct wisely... Because we are challenged consistently and we don't want to collapse foolishly. Let me unpack that a little bit. First of all, Jesus is saying in your life, in your thoughts, in your worldview, in how you interact, in how you process, you need to construct wisely. What does that mean? Jesus says it means two things. One, it means that you will listen to his words. And secondly, it means that you will act upon his words. Whoever hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I want to remind you that that word and there is so, so important. Ultimately, in this passage, it is that word and that separates the wise from the foolish. And if we are to live wisely, we must not just listen to the words of God and we must act on them as well. This is a constant theme throughout Scripture. It's one of the purposes of the Old Testament. Jesus talks about it here and and everywhere. It's how we, we, we live with integrity when what we say matches what we do. James says faith without works is 
dead. We got to listen and we got to act. That's where wisdom comes through. Pat Morley says there are two kinds of Christians. There are biblical Christians and there are cultural Christians. He goes on to say those who call themselves cultural Christians are those who listen to the words of Jesus. Those who become biblical Christians are those who act out and live the words of Jesus. It's easy to learn. It's easy to listen. It's easy to sing. But it's a whole new level of Christianity when we have to live out those words that we listen to, we sing, and we say. We listen and act. We listen and act. When you put those two words together, you know what you get? Obedience. And from our obedience to God comes wisdom. When we respect the word of God, when we understand the truths of God, when we appropriately fear and stand in awe of God, Scripture tells us that's the beginning of wisdom. Words and actions make a person wise. Let me just take a minute and just ask you to think about how you're doing at that. Is what I am saying matching what I am doing? Honestly, I think if we're real, there's often a breakdown between those two things. I have a friend of mine who lives in another state I follow him on social media. And half of his posts are of scripture verses or little Christian quotes. But the other half of his posts are full of inappropriate comments and degrading statements. And I look at that and I think, hey, there's a breakdown between words and actions. Scripture goes on, this scripture, Jesus goes on to say that when there's that breakdown between words and actions, what do we become? We become foolish. We become hypocrites. We become empty. Jesus is saying, first of all, we must construct Wisely, Knowledge must become action. Theory must become practice. Theology must become life. Wisdom is when we lean into that and. It's not just hearing, it's acting. It's not just listening, It's responding. That's when the gospel that our world so desperately needs comes alive. Jesus puts this in a context of a builder, someone who's building a house. It's a good context for Jesus to to use. Jesus was a very practical man, right? He grew up in a carpenter's household. He understood the importance of getting your cornerstone, your bearings, your foundation right. 
He was probably looking around Palestine and saw some of these little gullies that during the summer months looked like a beautiful place, prime real estate to build your house. But he knew that a few months later, when the weather turned and the winds came and the rain came, that beautiful new house you built would just be washed away. He says, I don't want your life to be like that. And the way that you avoid that, the way that you function with wisdom is not just by listening, but by acting as well. The houses in these days were very vulnerable. We read last week about how if a thief wanted to break in, all they had to do was cut their hand and tunnel through the wall because it was just dry sand. There's another scripture we read in in, uh, Jesus' lifetime where some folks wanted to see him so much that they lowered their friend through the roof. How did they do that? Well, the roof was just made of of straw. Houses were very vulnerable. The only way to protect the house was to have a strong, solid foundation. Jesus knew that everything rests on the foundation. And it's the same today. Everything rests on your foundation. And therefore, we must be wise about what we are building on through history. Ages have come and gone. People have done great things and then died. Trends have developed and technology has evolved. But one thing has remained. The word and the action of the people of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, first of all, first line of that sentence, construct wisely. Construct wisely. Are my words matching my actions? Construct wisely. Am I listening to the voice of God as I read that article? Am I filtering that post through the message of Jesus? Is there integrity in my life that my words and my actions are reflecting him? That's what it means to construct wisely. Why must we construct wisely? Because we are challenged consistently. Have you noticed that? It was not lost on me that before we were starting the service today, several folks who I were talking to just said, I'm weary. It just keeps coming. Political commercial after political conversation, on and on and on. And news about the the COVID and the fear and the struggle and where are we, what's going on. It's coming on and on and on. And you throw in the, the, the economics of that. You throw in the fear of the future of that. And we're just reminded that we're challenged consistently. This is what Jesus says about that. Verse 25. The rains fell 
The rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. We must construct wisely because we are challenged consistently. You know, it's been said that we're either coming out of one of life's storms or in one of life's storms or going into one of life's storms. My experience is that that's absolutely true. Struggle is in constant pursuit of us. And unless we have built our lives on something wise, on something stable, on one who calls himself the rock, then it's very possible, perhaps even probable, that our lives will implode. The rain will come. He's talking about violent falls. A river will rush through. He's talking about feeling like you're drowning. Anybody felt like that recently? The winds will come and knock you over and they will pound until they break you down and break you up. There are all kinds of storms that are always coming our way. Health storms, financial storms, relational storms. Right now, the reality is that we are in some pretty bad cultural weather storms, right? Here's my fear. So many people are placing their hope on what happens at the election. That when the election is passed, regardless of whether you win or lose, you're going to get blown over. Because politics, almost by definition, is an unstable thing to lean and rest and build your hope upon. My concern is that as I talk to people and as I listen, they think that if their guy wins, everything's going to be okay. And if their guy loses, everything's going to implode. I want to share with you the good news. Don't build your life upon your political party because it will let you down. Build your life on the rock so that as the storms of life come, you can remain strong. What's Jesus saying? We construct wisely. Because we are challenged consistently and we don't want to collapse foolishly. We must construct wisely as we're challenged consistently so that we don't collapse foolishly. 
Verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, but this time it collapsed. You know what the only difference is between verse 24 and 26? And act. Or in the latter place, doesn't act. You see, the foolish hear the words of God, but they don't act. And so, so I think that, that really one of the things that Jesus is saying is that foolishness isn't so much a matter of stubbornness as much as it is thoughtlessness. We hear this thing. We hear these words, and they sound nice, and they make us feel okay, but we don't really believe them enough to act on them. We don't live them out. We don't claim these promises of our own. Don't be like a foolish man. There have been a short time where these two houses look the same. Externally, they would have been the same. And then that very same kind of storm came. The rain, the rivers, the floods, the pounding. But the house that was built on a soft, sandy foundation imploded. It crashed. As you look at everything that's going on, as we share concern about what's ahead, the invitation of Jesus is to trust him, to let him be the rock, to construct wisely, because we're going to be challenged consistently, and we don't want to collapse foolishly. You know, storms have a wonderful way of revealing who we really are, right? Sometimes we don't know how strong our house is until that storm comes. Sometimes we don't realize how foolish we are until that storm comes. So how do we figure out where we are? How do we figure out whether our life is built on something substantial? It's not by how popular we are, because Jesus says the road is narrow. It's not because of the things that we say and the posts that we hide behind and the bumper stickers that we put on our car, because Jesus said many will come and say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, hey, I didn't know you. We can test how we're built on the rock by determining how close we are to Jesus. You know, it took a lot more time and it cost a lot more money to build your house upon the rock. And that's a price that many of us don't want to pay. 
because we believe the cultural lie that we need things now, we need things immediately. There is a cost to following Jesus. Jesus says it costs everything. I remember a few years ago when we didn't used to have our calendars on our phone and all that kind of stuff. Went to a workshop by Franklin Covey and they were talking about managing your day. He said, uh, decide on how much of your time you want to spend on recreational pursuits. To spend, decide how much time you want to spend on uh, work. To spend how much time you want to build into family. Decide how much time you want to spend in faith. On the surface, that sounds like it makes sense. Let me uh, put my faith in a compartment over here. Let me divide up my time nicely so I'm, I'm balanced. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, following me is an all or nothing deal. It's an all in everything deal. Is there a cost to pay to do so? Absolutely. Can you afford not to do it? No. It's costly to build on a rock, but it's our only choice. Many will say, I don't need a foundation. Many will say any foundation will do. Many says my foundation is what's going to allow me to feel good or look good. Jesus says the only foundation, the only way to get through the storms of life that are constantly coming is by trusting him. Because he is our rock. We build our house, our life on him. It's when we live with that perspective and when we own that understanding and when we lean into that truth, that we can experience real security greater than any vulnerability. It collapsed with a great crash. Talk to people all the time. When I'm out with the police, I experience these Situations all the time where people are living into great crashes. And it is heartbreaking because they had built everything upon this foundation that shifted like sand. In a world where so much is changing. In a political season that's as ugly and nasty as it's ever been. Build your life on the rock. You wrap up with this last verse. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were astonished at his teaching. Why were they astonished? Because it made sense. 
because they saw that what Jesus was advocating was true. The logic stands up. The architecture is true. They were astonished because he was teaching like one who had authority. He does. We don't. We can't stop the storms. We can't avoid the the stress. All we can do is stand on his rock, is lean into him, is to put ourselves under his authority. They were astonished because of his authority. And it says at the very end, and his was an authority not like that of the scribes. What does he mean there? He's saying the scribes said wise things. But theirs was a wisdom that was secondhand. They were quoting wise people who were quoting wise people who were quoting wise people who were quoting wise people. Honestly, in terms of a lot of what the scribes were saying, you took that back far enough and you find God. But here Jesus is talking in a way that amazed them because he had the authority that his wisdom was not second, third, fourth, fifth hand. It was first hand. Here's the deal as we close. You don't need to listen to second, third, fourth, fifth hand wisdom that gets diluted along the way. Because we have access to God's word And through God's word, we have access to God's heart where we see and know that we're loved, that we are so precious to him, that we are so cared for by him, that nothing that the enemy throws at us will prosper against us. I encourage you today. Trust God. Build your life on his rock. Listen to him and act on what he says. Love further. Care deeper. Give more generously. Build upon the rock. Friend, construct wisely. Because we are challenged consistently. And we must not collapse foolishly. Let's pray together. Lord, we confess that in this political season, in this season of COVID, in the economic challenges, in the relational stress, that it feels like we're in a storm. 
we confess that sometimes we shake and shudder and fear gets the better of us. Lord Jesus, today I pray for my friends, those here in this room and those watching online. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would turn to you, that you would be our foundation and our filter that your wisdom will not just guide us through these tumultuous times. But that your security, that your wisdom would give us a security that is so much greater than our vulnerability. Lord, help us to construct wisely because we're challenged consistently. We don't want to collapse foolishly. Lord Jesus, help us to trust you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.